Well, welcome back to another brand new episode of Too Much Pod Tar, and happy opening day to everybody out there. Hope you guys enjoyed it uh, with the last two days. Teams teams starting up Thursday and Friday, and we're going to be breaking down all of that for you today, all the all the big moments in the games. Um, and so for to help me out with that is uh, returning guests, Joey Ricotta. You know, he's a big Cubs fan. He's the Cubs fan for our site and the pod. And then we got uh, one of our Twins fans, Carson Babini, uh, on again. So he's he's been a, a, a freaking guest here uh, the last few ones he's done. he's been on. So welcome back again. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here, even though the Twins lost today, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been a minute for me coming back on here, so I, uh, I've missed. I know that you've had some other ones that I've haven't had a chance to come on to. So this is really cool to come on, especially after opening day, and uh, you know we're recording this in in the middle of some games being played on the on day two here. But a uh, lot of fun stuff going on already in baseball, so it's cool. Yeah, we saw a lot of you know, debuts of players that we're, we'll talk about as we go along here. But we saw, uh, you know, with your Cubs, say a Suzuki making his debut. We'll talk about him a little bit. And, you know, you were at the game. So I guess we'll just start with that right away, right off the bat, just with the Cubs Brewers first game yesterday with uh, Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs, which, and he pitched pretty well and was definitely, I I love seeing that since I actually have him on my fantasy team. So he was he helped me out there and and just rolling over through some of the stats he had he went five and a third innings, gave up just one earned run, five hits, struck out seven and th- walked three, and then Ian Happ he went three for four with two doubles, two RBIs. He had the go ahead double in the seventh inning, so that was huge. Nico Horner with the two run home run. And then, as I said, Suzuki got his first big league hit in the fifth inning. He also walked twice and scored two runs. So that was a, a big debut for that for him. So, uh, And then going over to some of the Brewers' stats, Corbin Burns, the reigning Cy Young winner for the National League, did not have a great start here. Five innings, three runs, four hits, three walks, did strike out four. And then uh, Christian Yelich, he's hoping to bounce back from his – you know, off season last year, or even the last couple of years, and didn't have a great start either. He won't over. Did he went over three? Did have a sack fly, um, so he was able to get a run in there. But other than that, it wasn't really anything special for him. Uh, see what he does over the next few days and weeks. Uh, then Andrew McCutcheon, uh, no, he's he's obviously been around a little bit. On the, he was you know pirate great for all those years and went. Went over a couple teams and then uh, had a great debut, two for five with a run scored for the Brewers. So those are some of the stats there. Uh, I guess I'll just go to you, Joey. What else? What else do you have to add for that Cubs game, the Cubs win yesterday? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean it was incredible to be in the left field bleachers yesterday, uh, just to be able to witness that. But just to be there, you know, even before the game took took place, it's it's uh, it's awesome opening day. You know, it's it's a tradition like no other. It was actually my first opening day uh, being in attendance. So for me, it was extra special. And for them to get that W was was really cool against a guy like Corbin Burns, who, 
you know, you said it, the reigning Cy Young winner. There was a, a crazy stat out there that Nico Horner was the first Cubs player to hit a home run uh, mm. on opening day against the reigning Cy Young winner since, like, I want to say, like, Billy Williams or something crazy like that. But uh, it, it the year of the bounce back, it sounds like. Like, at least I don't know if that's what's, how the rest of the season's going to play out. I mean, it's only one game, but – like you said, you know, Kyle Hendricks, he had basically his worst season uh, of his career. And forgive me if my voice sounds like it's completely shattered because it is because I did a lot of screaming yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kyle Hendricks, you know, he had basically his worst season of his career last year. And then he was getting a ton of whiffs on that change up. He, he looked like he was dialed in. Of course, they weren't going to have him go too long because of the, the, the shortened spring training, like no pitchers are going that deep. I mean, we're going to get to it in a second, but a former Cub, you Darvish was uh, dealing and, you know, he, obviously they had to pull him a little bit earlier than they normally would have, you know, given the circumstances, I'm sure we'll get to that. But, uh, you know, and then Ian Hat last year, he had a terrible year, but he, he dominated down towards the end of the season. So it's like, it's good to see that. Uh, you mentioned Seiya Suzuki, Say a Suzuki, he just showed great plate discipline for a guy playing in his first major league game. Uh, you know, he, he took two walks, I believe, too. So it's like the plate discipline's there. Usually you could see some guys get a little bit over eager uh, in their first real action. So, and Nico Horner, man, he, the guy b- built up this strength. Like you could tell he's stronger. He's bulked up a little bit, even ahead of last season, but he's been dealing with all these injuries and he hasn't gotten too much actual playing time because of it. But when this guy can play, he, we saw it last year. He was actually really, really good. in the time, the short time that he was allowed on the field, well, that he was capable of staying on the field. Uh, so just awesome. Like we don't need him to hit. 500 foot moonshots, but if he can just hit those liners, just to scrape against over the wall or just gap to gap power. I mean, it's, it, that'd be real nice to see, uh, you know, so a, a lot of positives there, uh, obviously, you know, the Brewers, Christian Yelich struggled. Uh, we were, we were hazing them all game long in left field. Uh, hmm. we definitely were, we were giving them the business. We told them uh, the exact day of his birth, Whatever it was, we were like yelling out the exact date and telling them that that day sucks. So, uh, you know, it, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, that day doesn't actually suck, but it, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, with uh, the other thing I was going to say about Horner was, or just this lineup. Like last year, if you would have looked at this Cubs lineup, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a better offense with all these guys that are gone, you know, that they're trading away the core. We don't know how it's going to actually play out the, the entire season. And obviously you lost a lot, but you know, it's a different lineup. Like last year against Corbin Burns, you were to put the same lineup out there and you're going to tell me that they're not going to strike out 12 times. Like the lineup they would have had last year would have struck out 12 times to only strike out seven times and to actually draw some walks against Corbin Burns. I think that was pretty remarkable. So that's kind of what stands out to me. And yeah, it's just an all around great day, man. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a good start for your season. And then uh, they were scheduled for another game on Friday, but they got postponed due to the weather. And we've been seeing some games, you know, opening day, the Yankees and Red Sox were supposed to start on Thursday, but then they got rained out and same with the Twins uh, game too. So 
weather's been a factor here uh, as we get going, but hopefully we don't see as many of those as we get going here. We get some games on, you know, on time, but also last night too, the Mets and Nationals game was, it was supposed to start at four and didn't start till like eight 35 or something like that. So definitely a factor early on. Yeah. That's what sucks about April. You know, like we're always going to have these, these rainouts and these, these like, even the snow implicated games where you just get these postponements and, you know, you hope that they don't, they don't have too many of them, but it's, it's always a rough battle, the tough sledding here early on in the season. Yeah. We'll move on to the second game of yesterday. Uh, the, which is be two teams that uh, Carson will be familiar with, with his twins, uh, the Royals and guardians. And we saw Bobby Witt jr. You know, making his major league debut for the Royals and coming up clutch with his first big league hit being a go-ahead double off of Tristan McKenzie in the eighth inning. So that was huge for him and huge for the Royals. It looks they they're definitely a promising team, and I think they can potentially finish third or even higher in the division this year. You know, I don't think it's any it's really that special of a division. Uh, so I think they have what it takes. And, you know, we saw a good start from Zach Granke coming back from, to the Royals. Five and a, five and two-thirds, one earned run, five hits, one strikeout. And then Scott Barlow got, this, uh, got the win in relief, going two innings, not allowing any runs, three strikeouts, two, two hits, no walks. So that was a good, good outing from him as well out of the, out of the bullpen. So, he, you know, uh, he's... Definitely building off of what he did last year. He was a strong, strong piece of that bullpen last year. And then another guy, Nicky Lopez, went one for two with an RBI double. And so that was the the bulk of the of what we saw of the Royals. Uh, and this Guardians team, even with Jose Ramirez being still still being theirs, we uh, you know we saw the other right before opening day, he got he got a an extension. But I, they're not going to be – they're really not going to be that good this year, even with the Ramirez. Uh, so, now the lineup is – outside of Ramirez is really nothing special. So, I, they're going to be seeing games like this, like 3-1, to one, and even getting games that are shut out. And how many I – I can't remember. I think they were, like, no hit, like, a bunch of times last year, too, which could yeah, happen, yeah, happen again. So. It was like it seemed like every no hitter was against them last year. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. I mean, as a as a baseball fan in general, I'm excited to see Bobby Witt play. Um, as a Twins fan, I just hope he doesn't absolutely wreck us. But um, I would agree. I think that they're definitely a dark horse to finish uh, third in the division. Um, I got to catch a little bit of this game since it was the uh, the free game of the day yesterday. I got to catch it a little bit when I was a little bit slow at work yesterday. Um, got to see his Bobby Woods first at bat. Uh, looked good, made made good contact on it. Unfortunately, he just hit it straight into into right field. But, um, I mean, he showed, showed good patience at the plate, looked pretty comfortable at third in the field, had a nice quick release on a couple ground balls that I got the chance to see. Um, obviously they have Mondesi playing at shortstop, so Bobby Witt will most likely be more of an everyday third baseman. But overall, he looked pretty good and on both sides of the ball, which you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, like you said, you know, 
when you look at Granky's stat line, you know, the, the one strikeout obviously isn't necessarily something that's going to, you know, make you make your eyes pop. But, but the important thing is, you know, that one earned run and that five hits, those are, those are still very important things for a pitcher. It's not just all about how many guys you get to swing and miss. It's also about, you know, keeping, keeping your team in the game and making sure you're getting guys to hit into double plays or just hit for contact. So, um, overall pretty, pretty good win for the Royals and, uh, things should be looking up there. And as for the, as for the guardians, yeah, like you said, um, outside of Jose Ramirez and maybe Fran Mil Reyes, there's really not too much there. Um, but could be, should be very interesting to see where the Royals go. And I, I personally have them finishing third in the division. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's pretty cool. Like, you talked about Granky and stuff. Uh, just to see him back in a Royals uniform, I mean, and to have the outing that he had. I agree with what Carson's saying, too. I, the Guardians, they, they could easily be the last place team in that division this year. and uh, But they do have some bright things going for them as well. You know, we never – we always look at them as, like, this pitching – dynamo like this team they always just develop pitching so well and you know you get a couple of these guys to break out and maybe tristan mckenzie you know turns in like an incredible year or something or you know get get these guys back up uh like steven kwan like he's you know debuting and you you got some stuff there that they might be a little bit better than we expect but at the same time i think like between these two teams, I could see these two teams being possibly the, the bottom feeders of the, that division, even though the Royals even have like a lot going for them. I mean, they've got some pitching that they really haven't had the success that a team like the Indians or these guys have had developing pitching, but they have the talent within their system and the guys that have come up there. You know, I, I've been high on guys like Daniel Lynch, you know, a lot of these guys. and maybe they they turn it up you know maybe they can finally get these guys to develop and uh you know you got you know obviously Bobby Wood Jr you got Nick Prado who's not too far away MJ Melendez I mean they've got some things going there so they're they're kind of turning into a a scary team to watch for here in the the maybe even the near future um but yeah it's you know it's it's cool to see Grinky out there opening day and uh yeah, we'll see what happens though the rest of the way. It, it's going to be fun to watch both of these teams, really. Yeah. Well, I just want to throw out some uh, stuff from tonight's games. I've actually picked the the Braves stack against the Reds, and that was a definitely a great decision because they are up seven nothing after three innings. So that was nice. A good stack. Um, Very nice. Didn't they get smoked by the Reds too yesterday? Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think. Well, I, what was the score? Oh, it was six three, so it wasn't really smoked. But oh, okay. We'll get to that score in a little bit too. Um, but the next game here, I'm not going to go over too much of this game since it was a blowout, nine nothing Cardinals over the Pirates. But some of the some of the key things in the game. 
Uh, well, first off is that it was an injury. Uh, Key Brian Hayes, who had signed, were not maybe not. I don't think it was official at the time, but it, reportedly agreeing to an eight-year extension just hours before the game. He ended Unreal. up leaving the game. He ended up leaving the game in the first inning due to uh, left forearm spasms. I what is what they were calling it. And now he's day to day. So, you know, hopefully it's nothing too big there because especially with the extension, I don't know if they officially signed it yet or not, but either way, it's definitely don't want to see that with a guy like him, you know, who's the, he's a guy that the pirates are going to want to build around. So they definitely don't want to see him lose a season or whatever it is, but it sounded like it was something minor. It didn't, they didn't think it was going to be too big of an injury. So hopefully that's, that's, that's the case here. But uh, Nolan, Nolan Arenado hit a home run for the, the Cardinals. And, you know, one of the crazier stat lines of the day was Paul Goldsmith. He went one for one and walked four times and scoring <laughs> two runs. <laughs> so It's a solid day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very confused by that. Uh, not to go back, but I'm very confused by that co- extension. I understand that teams want to lock up some of these players early before that they they're going to cost them more. And that actually could turn out to be quite a steal there for Cabrian Hayes. But and he's great defensively. Don't get me wrong. He's great as far as bat to ball goes or batting average like this guy should be one of the better batting average type of third baseman. But as far as power goes like that, that's actually pretty confusing. He hasn't really shown too much power wise in his limited time that he's been able to stay on the field and he hasn't really been able to stay on the field. And when he's been on the field, he still had some lingering issues. So I'm actually kind of confused by this, what the need was to get this extension done. And I'm not saying that just because he got hurt and like you said, it doesn't sound like it's too serious and that's a good thing. Um, But um, I was kind of a little bit surprised. I, I found that news out as I was standing in the bleachers, somebody said, Cabrian Hayes just signed an extension. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like, just random. I don't know. Yeah, yeah well, it was kind of weird timing, too. Like, just, you know, I think it was only like an hour before the game, too. Like, uh, it was almost something I was expecting for the Yankees to do today. Well, with uh, extending Aaron Judge, which ended up not happening for now. Because, uh. No, that's another topic we'll get to, but just kind of kind of sucks. Like you know, I mean, obviously you got to focus on the season, but now we're gonna have to be worry about him being a free agent. So it's gonna be kind of a difficult time there. But we'll worry about that when we get to it, obviously. But yeah, and I don't mean to take anything away from the game either. That's uh, with this Cardinals Pirates game, I think. Obviously, the Cardinals showed why that they why they are considered uh, one of the top contenders there for the NL Central, and they, they've got the bats this year. And Wainwright looked excellent, uh, very efficient outing for him too. I mean, you uh, he would have probably went much a little bit longer had it, had it not been first game of the season. Yeah, six strikeouts, no walks, no runs, five hits in six innings. So yeah, that's. Definitely solid, and then they got they got uh, great great outings from the bullpen guys too. Nick Whitgren, who was who is a new Cardinal, 
gave up just one hit in an in, in a shutout inning. Then Genesis Cabrera and Ryan hit and Ryan Hesley uh, closed it out. I mean, obviously each getting one shutout inning each because they they shut them out nine nothing. So and then yeah. uh, Albert Pujols didn't do anything in his return to the Cardinals, but see what he does this year hopefully he can reach 700 home runs it'd be cool to see i mean he may not have done anything but can we still acknowledge the fact that it was really cool to see adam wainwright yadier molina and albert pujols on the same team for an opening day again oh you guys love this shit don't you you guys love this stuff i don't think it's cool at all carson i don't think i'm i'm i am disgusted by this to be honest with you we're not Cubs fans, so. I know, I know. I'm just giving you <laughs> shit. But I am disgusted because I cannot wait for this entire season to be <laughs> the Joe Buck. Let's talk about the Cardinals until we're blue in the face in the retirement <laughs> tour well, of Yadi Molina. And it's not Albert Pujols, as Juice would say at, at Cubbies on Tap that I was at the game with. He would say it's Al Pujols. And. <laughs> Adam Wainwright, all three of these guys. I'm sure everybody else loves it. I do not love it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on to another game since you don't want to talk about the Cardinals anymore. Uh, we'll move on to the Mets Nationals game from last night. Five. Well, I should say Thursday night since this will be out on, you know, after after Friday. But Mets Nationals, they Mets beat the Nationals 5-1 in the first game, and they're playing also right now in the second game, tied at three in the fourth inning for right, for right now. Ooh, Josh Bell hit a home run for the Nats. Um, but in the first game, the the Nats had to push back Matt Scherzer's start to Friday, and they ended up going with Tyler Miguel, who actually had a really good outing, five innings, Six strikeouts with no runs, three hits. So really good outing for him. It just couldn't push into that spot there. Um, and then they finished the game with three shutout innings from Adam Adovino, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz. So, you know, enjoy it where you can, Mets fans, with Adovino, because, you know, once you get to the middle of the summer, he's going to just fall off a cliff and blow every game he comes into, just so you know. <laughs> uh, Robinson Cano coming back from his suspension last year. He got two for three walk, with a walk, two runs. And Mark Canna, Pete Alonzo, and Jeff McNeil each had two hits as well, with Canna getting a walk, RBI and a run, Alonzo getting a run, and Jeff McNeil uh, an RBI. And then the only the only run of the for the national Nationals was a Juan Soto moonshot in the sixth inning. I mean, when I say moonshot, I mean it was like to the. I think it was like off the facing of the second deck in right field. And then, uh, Kibo Reeves had a good game too, two for four. Uh, the Nats, I, I mean, obviously not going to be anything this year. They're going to finish in last in that division, but they have some good guys on their team. You know, Reeves is one of those guys that is going to be somebody to build around for the future. They have some good prospects coming up within a few years so they i think they'll be 
good within three or four years again five maybe five but they they definitely have some something to build around here uh, i mean after after uh you know burning it all down last year obviously with the the trades of scherzer and and turner and then the the rest of the guys there but Yeah, yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's my bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to catch a little bit of a little bit of this game too. Um, McGill looked really good. I was really impressed with uh, with his performance. Um, obviously, you know, glad that Pete Alonso was okay after taking that fastball to the dome. That looked yeah. like it had the potential to uh, not be good at all. Um, Pretty solid debut too for uh, for Mark Canna as a Met. You know, same kind of thing as he was doing in Oakland. A good contact guy, able to to bring in the the RBI now and then. And um, I'm really excited to kind of see what what uh, Kiebert Ruiz does. Like you said, that team's still obviously going to be bad, but um, you know, it looks like they've they've got a they've got a bright future. A lot of good prospects who should be uh, making their way up fairly soon, I would think. But yep. um, overall, yeah, both the, both of these are going to be uh, very interesting teams to watch and uh, wait for the inevitable Edwin Diaz crumble. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, too, because it's like every year it almost feels like Edwin Diaz is a stat cast darling. And, you know it's always puzzling to me how he kind of goes through these struggles every now and then where it's like, it looks like he's terrible, but like his stuff is so good. It's just like, what's happening here, Mr. Diaz. But, uh, I, yeah, it's cool to see. I mean, obviously Juan Soto is still probably top three hitter in the game. (laughs) It's just, you know, not to put it, not to put him, I, I would put him honestly, like just pure hitter wise. I think he is the best hitter in the game. Yeah. Like Juan Soto to me is the best hitter in the game. I'd put in Trout. You could put Trout still up there. Um, you know, obviously Vlad Jr. There's a lot of guys, but uh, you know, Soto launching that homer. You mentioned McGill. I thought he he was excellent. I mean, he could really have a breakout season this year. Kids got nasty stuff. Um, Robinson Cano. How about Robinson Cano starting and two for three, two two runs. He started at second base. I thought he'd be DHing. I didn't think they really wanted him to play defense, especially at this age, and you know not playing last year or whatever. I mean, I that's kind of crazy. Nice little season debut for for old man Cano. And, uh, yeah, got started on a good note for the Mets. Yeah. And I'll just wait for him to be suspended again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never know when that's coming. No. Well, we'll move on to another game here in the – another NL East team, the Braves. They ended up losing last night to the – Reds six to three. Um, one of the big, big stories of the game. A lot of people were talking about on social media, sharing videos of 
was Joey Votto being mic'd up um, on ESPN2. Uh, he was just awesome. You know, he was mic'd up for like a whole inning, which lasted like 20 minutes, I think, or something like that. And just everything he was talking about, that's, you know, Ozzy Albies was on first base and he was talking to him and saying like, hey, I'm mic'd up and talking about getting the gold tooth and stuff like that. And that just, just the way he is, he's just awesome. Like he doesn't, even though he knows the Reds are going to be really not that good this year, he's just, he just doesn't really care. He just having fun playing the game. That's that's all it's about. So we gotta see more of this stuff with making up players and just hearing what they how they act like on the field as they're playing. So that's that's what how how we're gonna be able to market the game is just getting moments like that with players like that. Yeah. First of all, it's a beautiful day. Beautiful night here in Atlanta. You know, the pregame festivities were an absolute gem. Atlanta did it right. Atlanta did it right. But we're in the middle of a 3-1 ball game right now. And, uh, you know, playing defense just by itself is hard. Uh, Hitting just by itself is hard. But doing it with a microphone (laughs) in my ear uh, is foreign territory for me. So I'm excited about the new challenge. You seem to be embracing a foreign territory, the whole social media thing. And I asked you, like, is it a midlife crisis? And you you kindly said every day is a midlife crisis. (laughs) Well, that's the hope. (laughs) That's the hope. I actually um, I've been considering getting a uh, diamond tooth or a gold tooth, taking out one of my uh, bicuspids and replacing it. So, you know, ask the ask the fans what they think about that. I'm thinking about having a little bling in my mouth. you know, send out a poll there. 3 2 to Aussie, and this one to center field. Sanzel coming, and he can't get it. Short hops it, and Albies is aboard. All right, Joey, now you're going to have a runner on first, so I'll let you kind of describe what you're doing here with the man on first, how we're playing this whole thing. Um. You know, my first priority, especially of being up two runs, um, is I'm mic'd right now. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everybody. <laughs> everybody knows Ozzy. Yes, of course. Um, you know, being up two runs, especially on the road, for me, it's always been important to make sure that I catch the ball. A misthrow from the pitcher, a misthrow from the catcher. I have to I have to make sure I stay in front of it. So, you know, I don't prioritize the uh, tag out or any sort of pickoff. I prioritize staying in front of the ball. We can't let Ozzy get to second or third base. And, um, you know, Tyler has a relatively predictable uh, pickoff move, so I don't worry too much about that. But, you know, right now we're thinking about getting a double play. And, uh, like I said, uh, making sure we keep Ozzy away from second and especially third base with one out. No easy runs, no sack fly runs, no infield ground ball runs. So, Joey, how difficult was that throw from Drury the last half inning? It just it chased the runner, and you know, Drury did his best. Uh, it, it was a really tough play. It just chased the runner up the line. You know, sometimes on those ones you have to get behind the bag and catch it, um, or you try to get out front. You try to get out front 
and, and take the ball away from the runner. But because it chased him, I just I couldn't I couldn't get to that spot. Yeah. And uh, ended up hitting his back. Um, run scored, obviously. This was the play we're showing it. I know you can't see it. You're doing, you're multitasking now, but you're not able to see a monitor. Oh, I see it. I see it in my mind's eye. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, ¿qué tal? ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Todo lo más bien, mi amigo. Muy bien, muy bien. Now, Joey, explain, because you're using a different bat with a different knob yeah. on it. How did you come about? You know, I, I, at this stage of my career, my pr the priority is for me to hit the ball as hard as possible, uh, to, to be more difficult to defend. The shift is real, especially as a left-hand hitter that hits line drives on the right-hand side. You know, you can hit a ball similar to, uh, very similar to the one I just hit, uh, and Ozzy very, very nearly took it away. Uh, you know, you do that over and over, and you hit it softer, and all of a sudden these are outs as opposed to, as opposed to hits. So, you know, I've prioritized hitting the ball hard, uh, I worked with a golf instructor a couple years ago, and he likened what I'm trying to do right now to the, uh, and we've got the Masters going on, which is perfect, um, to, to a golfer. To, to the best golfers in the world are the longest drivers, and the players that get cut are the ones that are most accurate on the fairway. And I, for a bit, as we've got one out on a nice pitch from Tyler there, how you like that play-by-play? And <laughs> keep going, keep we're going, not, keep we're going. Not, we're not no, no, get I, I, yeah, I know, Carl. You're trying to work on your golf game right now. Forget baseball. <laughs> you hear your, your ears are wide open. I can tell. Anyways, Carl, back to how we can improve your golf game. Um, just yeah, hit the, it, just the most, hit it far, right? Just hit it far, smash it, and that's what I'm trying to do on a baseball field. And that that puck on the end is supposed to create more bat speed, per the uh, per the uh, the people that fitted the bat for me at Marucci. So I'm wondering, when the shift goes away next year, do you change that? Uh, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm hitting the ball hard, hitting the ball through the gap and over the fence, and if I'm difficult to defend, you know, I that that just ends up being doubly good if the shift goes away for someone like me, Bryce Harper, you know, Matt Olson type of guy. Uh, these are the guys that get zinged by. I feel like get zinged by the the shift and. Um, And, um, you know, it, it, like I said, hitting the, ball, hitting the ball through the infield will be a little bit easier if the shift goes away, especially with the pace of play. Ooh, that's going to be a nice change. Have you noticed the pace of play changed at all with pitch calm on your team? Uh, it's, this is game one, and, and I think they started using pitch calm at the very end of, of spring training. Uh, so I can't tell you. It's new. It's new for me. Thank you, Vince. Of course. Next time you have a second, maybe you ask Ozzy about the gold tooth. <laughs> or, uh, or ask him how his neck is going. Ozzy's, like not, Ozzy's, not, Ozzy's not dealing with a midlife crisis like me. I'm asking <laughs> you guys. You guys are past midlife crisis mode. <laughs> Ozzy's a young buck. Fair He's point. Got nothing but nothing but a bright future. Hey Ozzy, what do you think about me getting a diamond, a diamond tooth? Go for it. Okay, Why there not? we go. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why not? Get it. Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. Hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah, they told me to ask ask you. I, I said I said I wasn't gonna ask you. You're you're much too young. I'm I'm midlife midlife crisis guy. Turns out Vado's actually like really really cool if you let him open up and he's uh I don't know. It's cool to see, man. He's got such a good personality that yeah. you know I listened to him on a podcast with uh oh the guy that was on MLB Network. Who's the guy that uh he's with John Boy now? Um, uh, Chris Rose. Chris Rose. Chris Rose. Yeah, the rotation. And I just I walked away from listening to that. This was back when I was working at FedEx, and I I, I listened to podcasts all day long. And I I was like, holy crap, man! Like Joey Votto is just the coolest dude. And then you know some of his like interactions, videos, even when he was you know playing at Wrigley Field, where they didn't know who he was. And he couldn't get into the ballpark and be like, I'm Joey Votto. Like, oh, okay, I, I play baseball or whatever it was. I forget what it was, but he's such a cool dude, man. Like, I, it's fun to see him kind of them doing this and, uh, you know, putting the mic on him. And he's obviously been one of the best players for a, a while now. And it's, you know, I wish that I'm not a Reds fan, obviously, but it just, it's, it's crazy to think about how long he's been with this team and they haven't really been able to, to do much with him and around him because you'd think if you got a guy like that locked up for as many years as they they've had him, that they should have been able to do much more. And now they're just piecing off the entire roster pretty much again. So it's like, what are we doing here? Cincinnati. And it's crazy. The other moment in the game with Votto was he actually popped out, to the pitcher for the first time in his career after I don't even know how many at bats it was in his career, but like a ton of at bats the first time I think it was like two years ago. He, he it was his first pop up to a, the pitch. I mean the first baseman. Now he's, I think the pitcher was the last, the last uh, position he needed to pop out to. And he did that. <laughs> Pretty wild. They're in the top of the fifth right now, it looks like. Seven nothing on that that one, like you said. With Atlanta. Poor Joey Votto. Yeah. Hey, at least they got that opening day win though. That's gotta be looked at as a I don't know. You pull away with one win against Atlanta. It's probably probably gotta look at it as a win if you're the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. But uh Thursday's game. Brandon Drury in his first game with the Reds hit a three-run home run in the sixth inning. Uh, Yankee legend Brandon Drury, of course. <laughs> but that was that, and that turned out to be the difference in the game because it's you know winning six to three. And Tyler Malley was pretty solid, seven strikeouts in five innings, no earned runs, just gave up a an under-earned run. And then two walks. Tony Santillan picking up the save. He had two strikeouts in the ninth and one, two, three inning. And on the the Braves side, Austin Riley went three for four with a two-run home run in the eighth inning. And, you know, he's a guy I can definitely see being in the the NL MVP running this year. I mean, he was in in it last year. What did he finish? I think he finished in the top five for MVP. Yeah, something like that. 
I want to say, but um, yeah, overall this was this was definitely uh, quite a quite an interesting game. Like you said, Freed uh, definitely struggled, which it feels like all my pitchers on my fantasy teams struggled during opening day. So that was fun. I also had Corbin Burns, so that was fun. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like you like you said too, going back to uh, Joey Votto, this is a great way to market the game. I mean, who who would have guessed that Joey Votto has, like Joey said, just such a cool personality and is just an overall just cool dude. Like, like he's he's doing mic'd up stuff now. I'm pretty sure Joey Votto now is on TikTok. Yeah. Like, this is wild. The man has realized that the Reds are going to be bad this year and is like, all right, I'm just going balls to the walls, like, just going to have fun with it and you know, that's at the end of the day, that's what baseball should be about. You just got to have fun. No doubt. I like that it's uh, that he's loosening up here a little bit as he's aging because, you know, he I think he kind of starting to realize, too, you know, his days of playing are kind of numbered, even though he's like he's still at a, playing at a very high level. I think it's you know, he's not going to be playing forever. So it's like, why not have fun with it, man? You know, and, and market the game while you're at it. You know, like you said, it's great for branding of baseball. If they actually use him and use these guys that are fun and charismatic and are good players on top of it, it, it only helps. Yeah. Another thing he was saying too, when he was mic'd up, like he was like, I, I don't want to DH with the with the DH being in the National League now. I want to I want to keep playing first base. Like he was like, I don't I don't want to DH at all. Like maybe he'll DH a couple games or whatever. But he's he mainly wants to just stick at first base. Hey, why not? It's a good defender. Yeah, I love that attitude though. Like he just wants to just he wants to be more involved in the game. I think like even Giancarlo Stanton of the Yankees when he was DHing a lot last year I th- he's he likes being in the in the field cuz it's like more part it's more of the more part of the action like you're not just sitting on the bench for half the game yeah no doubt i with Stanton it's tough though cuz as you know you would just want to keep those guys healthy between him and Judge so it's like him not playing the field makes a lot more sense but yeah. i i well, get I'm, it yeah, now especially with with Gallo, and like he'll be playing in the outfield more often than not anyway. So yeah, they don't really mm-hmm. they they'll probably put Stan out there for a couple games in a week or something, but that's it. Yeah, no doubt. He's just kind of like a a filler every once in a while to be out there because you you want to play with your best defense anyway, so it makes sense for him not to be out there. But now we go to the D-backs Padres game on National Beer Day on Thursday, and of course, Seth Beer of all people walked it off with a three-run home run in the ninth inning, um, off of Craig Stammen, um, and it ruined it. You know, a, a great start from you, Darvish. He went six no-hit innings. And, you know, if it was in the middle of the season, he would have ended up being – he would have just stayed out there. Cause, but because it's, you know, early on and also because of 
you know, the kind of the rush that they had to do with the with spring training, he wasn't worked up all the way. So they pulled him after six and then the wheels came off in the ninth inning. You know, Stamen came in with bases loaded, you know, after, uh, I can't remember who the hell the pitcher was before, but the, the pitcher before him ended up loading the bases with two walks and a hit by pitch. And then Stamen, Ended up throwing a wild pitch and allowed the first run, and then then the uh, home run to Beer. So, not a not a great way for the Padres season to start, uh, blowing a game like that. But that's that was just awesome to see that. Like I, like we were talking about before the show, Joey was saying he didn't even know it was um, National Beer Day until today, Friday, and. But like he, Seth Beer hitting a home run on National Beer Day is just that's that's baseball, Susan. Seth Beer, fly ball, right field. It's National Beer Day. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Seth Beer wins it on opening night. Wow! I don't believe it. Get that man a beer. You get him a double. (laughs) I think I'll join him in a few minutes. We told you Seth Beer was going to hit, and boy, did he come up with a big one right there. (laughs) That is baseball, Susan. Uh, Incredible stuff, man. Like... You Darvish was terrific, and he, you know, I had to get pulled, even though no hits. Like, you know, I just it's, and then to have that happen. I mean, Seth Beer in his first ever at bat last season, he homered, and then now he has this under his belt on National Beer Day, like you said, uh, the walk off bomb. It it's cool stuff. I think people are really underestimating this kid just from a hitting standpoint because he's an on-base guy and he's got some power. The National League Rookie of the Year, I'm, I've been trying to tell people at plus 4,000, I don't think that's a bad bet as far as a long shot goes because if he's playing every day in that line or hitting in that lineup every day as a DH or whatever, I think Seth Beer is really going to be flying under the radar and we could be looking at this at the end of the year and going, holy crap, you see the numbers this guy put up? Uh, it's definitely – I think the, the D-backs offense is actually a little bit better than people are thinking coming into the season. Yeah, I would agree. Um, personally, too, on the theme of the Diamondbacks, I think Cattell Marte is one of the most criminally underrated players in baseball. I think I don't think he gets nearly the recognition he deserves. Um, but overall, yeah, basically everything Joey said, unfortunately, uh, you Darvish's fantastic start gets destroyed by, uh, Craig Stammen, but, um, you know, you gotta love the stories that baseball can tell, like a walk-off home run by Seth Beer on National Beer Day. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch more Diamondbacks games to get my, uh, fill on beer, because yeah. that, that looks pretty good. <laughs> looks, looks good. Tastes good. It's uh, 
yeah, man. Uh, this could be. I mean, the the jokes write themselves, but <laughs> it's it's really cool. And I agree with you on Cattell Marte. I think the hardest problem is is it, it's hard to really put a a real value on him when he's when he's not on the field. Like he's dealt with so many different injuries, just keeping him on the field. It's almost like when I was talking about Horner earlier. Another guy you could say that for is Nick Senzel uh, with the mm-hmm. Reds. Like he's good, and he could probably take the next leap if he's on the field. But uh, Cattell Marte, I agree. Like whenever he's there, he's one of the better players in the game. One of the better second basemen wherever he's at. He's he's a legit ball player. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks just gave him that extension too before the year. That could be a steal. Like we were talking about Cabrian Hayes extension. This is one where you have seen it, like more than just a little sample. Yeah. And yeah, that that is that could really be a steal. Mhm. And then we got the last game from last night was the Astros Angels, and the Angels, their bats were like asleep pretty much. Ended up losing 3-1. Uh, well, pitching from both sides was pretty solid. Uh, but starting on the Astros side, Frambrill Valdez went six and two-thirds, not allowing any runs, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts. He was dominating the Angels lineup. And then we had a uh, home run from Alex Bregman, home run from Jordan, Jordan Alvarez. And Ryan Presley got the save with the with allowing one hit in the ninth. But Shohei Itani, too, he dominated the nine strikeouts and four and two-thirds. And then with the Otani rule, he was able to stay in the, the game to hit as well. So that's that's definitely something that's going to be cool to see this year, with see, having Otani pitch. And then even when he gets pulled, he can still stay in the game as a hitter. So that's going to be that's going to be great. But... Uh, Angels, outside of, you know, Altani, Trout, they do have some guys, too, like Brandon Marsh and some other decent hitters like David Fletcher, who had an RBI triple in the game. But uh, So hopefully they can put it together for a season here and actually make the playoffs. Uh, you know, the pitching staff as well, they have some solid arms, and especially in the bullpen, they've got – they added Aaron Loop, who pitched a perfect inning in the game. And so their bullpen could be one of their strengths. They've added they added some decent guys there that, that can really help them out as they as they try to get back to the playoffs. You know, with the A's not being in contention in the in that division, I I think they have a chance. Yeah, I would agree. I think um they certainly have a chance, and finally we can see Mike Trout in some postseason baseball. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. Um, I got to catch quite a bit of this game. Shout out to uh, MLB Network for providing this one, and I get to hear uh, Matt Prescursion's voice again. And God, I love that man as a uh, he, baseball broadcaster. One thing, though, about him, he's like completely like freaked out over Otani's fly over ball. The, over the Otani fly ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Oh, Tony to right. Not enough. Not quite enough. <laughs> oh, but yeah, um overall this game 
I mean, like you said, the, the Angels' bats just fell asleep. Um, for the, the bullpen, loop, loop looked very good, but, um, I mean, I know it's only one game, but Ryan Tepera, man, he did not, uh, he did not look, look too good. He gave up those two home runs back to back to Bregman and then, uh, Jordan Alvarez. And I know it's only one game and you can't really overreact at all, but, oh man, that was, uh. That was definitely ugly because before that, you know, it was still a pretty, pretty close game. It was just kind of a thing of, you know, whoever got their bats going first was essentially going to win this one. It was a great pitching duel on both sides. But, um, yeah, Tepera comes in, gives up those back-to-back solo shots. And that's kind of when when I knew, especially, you know, right after that Jordan Alvarez hit, I just kind of had a feeling in my gut that the Angels were going to weren't going to be able to uh, come back on this one. And uh, unfortunately that was, that was right. But shout out to David Fletcher for doing what David Fletcher does and getting a nice RBI triple. Yeah. And the, that hit too, it was, the pitch was like above his shoulders. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which which he always does. He's like one of the best hitters at doing that. Yeah. The guy gets like zero barrels a season. But he, like, you know, from the metrics standpoint, but he's just a bat-to-ball machine. Like, it doesn't matter where it's located. He can he can put the bat on the ball. So, it's pretty wild with Fletcher. Otani, man, you know, he had, yeah, the nine strikeouts, you know, as you talked about Shohei. But he had zero whiffs on his best pitch. He had the, his best pitch, in my opinion, and I think it's just about everyone's, is that splitter. Yeah. Zero whiffs on the splitter. So how good can he be when he starts getting whiffs on his splitter? Like, this is this is impressive stuff from Otani, who we've been come to know as really a standout hitter. I mean, we saw how good he can be as a pitcher last year, but if he can really be like take that next level as a pitcher – I mean, this could be really, really incredible this season. I, he might be hands down MVP before we even reach May. Mm. I know that's like a hot take, but I'm not saying he actually would be. But uh, I and Tapera too, Ryan Tapera. He's uh, you know he's been legit the last few years. I mean, I got to see him quite a bit here with the Cubs. And then last year when they traded him to the Sox, he was very good for the Sox as well. Rough outing, you know, early in the season, I think it's definitely frustrating. You don't want to lose his first game and, you know, him not coming through is obviously a bummer, but uh, it's, it's a long year. I think he'll figure it out. He, I, I want to say he kind of did something similar last year. I could go back and look, but, I want to say he started the season out a little bit slow too, and then he went through that stretch where he just like didn't give up anything for, I don't know how many straight innings between him and Andrew Chafin and Kimbrel. Like those three were just completely just dominant for a, a period of time. And I think Tapera is one of those guys that you can sort of rely on as the season moves on. And you mentioned Aaron Loop and these guys. Like I think the bullpen will be a strength for the angels uh, moving forward. It just, it sucks when you drop a game like this to, uh, 
you know, because of your bullpen, like when it's yeah. supposed to be a strength, that's not, that's not something you're happy about here to start the year. Yeah. It's tough too. Like when they, their hitting doesn't do anything either. Cause they're, you know, only scoring run one run is not going to help anybody. Yeah. That's, that's another, yeah. I mean, you had the, the two, I guess, you know, two of your biggest guys or three of your biggest guys in the lineup, Otani, Rendon, Joe Adele, and even Jared Walsh, like these guys all put up offers, you know, like I know Otani almost hit one out, but not quite enough. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> just like you didn't get much out of those guys in the lineup. So it's, it's tough to win games when you, you, some of your best hitters do nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, moving on to uh, the first game of Friday, which we saw Joey's old pal, Javi Baez, walking it off with a really weird, weird play. It was a fly out to A.J. Pollock in right field, and he looked like he was going to catch it, and then up against the wall kind of, and looked like it bounced off his glove and then he made the catch, but they went to review and said that it was off the wall, which I still, I looked at the replay. It did. It looked like it was off his glove, not the wall. So I'm not sure what they saw, but maybe they saw a different angle or something, but I did. I just didn't see how it went off the wall, but. Uh, the, the one angle, Alex, I'll tell you the one angle that they're sh- that they showed from the front that looks very close up does not look like it hits off the wall, but there is another one or two angles that I saw that it, more zoomed out and more like up and to the left where you can see that it's clearly that it did hit off the wall because the way it came down, it's like a deflection off the wall and then down to the glove, oh. almost like it like surprised him, you know, when it did that because. All Pollock had to do, and this is not to say, like, he still had a pretty good game at the plate, so nice debut with the White Sox. Yeah. But uh, that all he had to do was just reach up a little higher. I mean, or, like, take a step up, like a little mini jump, and he catches that ball, but he didn't attack the ball. He waited for it to drop down into his glove, and unfortunately, you know, with doing that, he risked, the the potential of it going off the wall before it came into his glut, which is what happened. And yeah. it was a very strange, very, very strange way to end a game and very weird play in general. But um, if you, I'll, I'll send you the clip when we get out of here and you'll, you'll be able to tell, I think when, when I show you the one angle that it looked like it did hit off the wall, I will say too, looking at the uh, weather before the game, now weather changes, all throughout the day, so I'm not sure if it's like if the if the cha- if the wind changed at all. But looking at the weather uh, pregame, the wind was blowing in from right field about 10 miles per hour, 10 to 12 miles per hour, and the way Javi reacted when he hit that ball, that's probably actually a home run since mm-hmm. where it hit on the top of the wall or part, you know, kind of you know close to the top of the wall. That's probably a home run, and we're probably not even talking about this weird, wacky play that happened. But because the wind was blowing in and because Pollock didn't 
you know, take that necessary effort to catch the ball or, you know, make the right move to catch the ball. We are talking about this crazy play, but just a weird, weird way to end a game. Yeah, and I think the main thing about it was that, you know, Liam Hendricks blew – he was really the one that blew the game. They, like, uh, he ended up allowing the pinch pinch hit tying home run to Eric Casey of the Tigers. I said his name right. I have no idea who's on I the think first. it's Haas, right? Or I believe it's Haas. Oh, Haas. Yeah. Because I have I literally don't know anybody who's on the Tigers except for maybe three players. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, Pollock had a good game, three for five with a double RBI run in his debut with the White Sox. And Austin Meadows had a good game, for, too, for the Tigers. One for two, a triple, which was the triple to leave, lead off. Or no, not lead off, but which ended, he ended up coming around to score in, on that fly ball, that drop fly ball. And he had three walks, and then the two runs scored, which one of them was that that one there. And I'm happy to see that Meadows is out of the AL East. Um, when I saw them making that trade, I was like, yes, I was excited because uh, he's always kills the Yankees. So seeing that them trade him, I mean, I'm happy. And they, yeah, great. Now we might come kill the Twins. Great. But the <laughs> the Rays, they had a – I mean, that's a good trade for them. It's like their Paredes is a good, good player. He's going to he's gonna be a good player for them. I mean, they always make trades like that. The guys they trade for end up being perennial all-stars. So that's going to be him too. Yeah, I mean, they essentially were able to, uh, to flip – flip meadows for for another guy that they could mold they've they've done a really good job of molding prospects there and um obviously you know austin meadows was part of the now infamous at least from a uh, pittsburgh pirates perspective chris archer trade chris archer who is now a member of the twins that still blows my mind by the way um but yeah very very interesting game um like you guys have said AJ Pollock very solid debut with the White Sox I think that was a that was a good trade for I think that was a win-win trade for both teams uh gave the Dodgers kind of that bullpen arm that they were looking for after they lost Jansen in free agency um you know and for the for the White Sox things were kind of clogged with Hendricks and Kimbrell although Hendricks blew the save today to Eric Haas I'm a big Eric Haas fan I like I'm a big fan of his at the plate, I think he commands, you know, his his command of just the power ability that I think he has and will continue to develop, I think is something that's going to be something to watch in Detroit. Um, still crazy that Javi Baez is a Tiger, but it's fine. We will live. Mm-hmm. We got Carlos Correa, so we're fine. I don't know how fine Joey is, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, pretty crazy to think that he's he's a tiger and what a what a crazy way to that might be the craziest way I've ever seen a baseball game end or at least it's up there. Yeah, um, I will say I'm happy for him. I uh, when all that stuff happened last year with the trade deadline, you know, the entire core getting moved and and so on. 
I'm happy for him. He turned out he got less money than he was offered in Chicago on the open market. So the deal was fair that he was offered. So I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like angry at the situation. I, I think uh, it's cool to see like these guys making their debuts. You know, we talked about them that, that they performed well. Meadows, that trade was really surprising to me. Um, to be honest, like I just didn't, I don't know why the Rays are doing that, but okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, Baez, like there was so much talk and chatter over the off season. I heard it all the time, the, all off season from White Sox fans that I'm close to. Oh, Javi Baez sucks. He's so overrated, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're telling me you wouldn't want a guy. Be, be, I know he strikes out a lot. That's his big thing, right? He's a big strikeout guy. He doesn't get on base a ton. But you're telling me you don't want a player who plays really good defensive shortstop or anywhere you put him on the infield, really. Uh, 116 WRC plus, 30 bombs, and over 160 runs plus RBIs combined. Like you're telling me an 18 stolen bases or whatever, you're telling me you don't want that guy on your team like come on this is the this is the type of shit that i had to hear from Sox fans all off season because oh well, i'm glad he went to the tigers now we have to yeah you're glad he went to the tigers until he fucking kills you right <laughs> so and i yeah i agree you're gonna be fine with correa over bias i would like correa over bias too uh but it's just it's not all not all roses for White Sox fans. And Liam Hendricks is just like, and that was just a terrible outing for him. I don't know why he was throwing just nothing but fastballs. It's just like, yeah. stop with the sliders. He wasn't throwing them. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, he was turning into a tr- uh, Chapman. Throwing straight heaters. Yeah. Now that's fine. If you can like, if you're locating and you're, yeah. You're pumping a mo- 100 miles per hour, but I, I, I don't know. Just was very strange. Yeah, the one that play, though, it kind of reminds me of one play. I think it was 2008, the last year of the, Yankee, the old Yankee Stadium. It was Yankees Red Sox. And I think David Ortiz hit a fly ball to a left field and Johnny Damon was playing there and he went up to try to catch it and it like bounced off his glove and then literally just stayed up on top of the fence for like five seconds or something like that and it was just like and then it ended up going I think it ended up being like an inside the park home run or something I like that I don't think it wasn't the end of the game but it was still like a weird play like to see happen oh definitely but, uh, you know, speaking of the Yankees-Red Sox, we're going to that game for Friday. And, you know, the Yankees ended up winning it, walking it off. Josh Donaldson in his first game with the Yankees after, you know, getting that trade from the Twins, trading trading away Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Twins for Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Uh, Falefa was actually the ghost runner at second in the 11th inning. So he was the one who got the – he was the one who scored the run off of Donaldson's hit. 
And it was the Yankees' first opening day walk-off since 1957, which was Yogi Berra that walked it off that that year. So that's pretty crazy. It's been that long since an opening day walk-off. But then some of the other moments, DJ LeMahieu tied the game up with a home run in the eighth inning off Garrett Whitlock. And then we had home runs from Anthony Rizzo, a two-run home run in the first, and the solo shot from Stanton in the fourth. Uh, Garrett Cole, you know, even after he was tagged for three runs in the first inning, including a Devers home run, two-run home run, but he kind of settled down, ended up going four innings, and was pulled because of, you know, early on in the season, and his pitch count was getting kind of up there, and he was, but he, he settled down at the first inning, and and ended up just giving up those three runs and struck out three. Um, so now it's not a perfect start of any stretch of the imagination, but I, it's early on in the season. So I'm definitely not worried yet. And he'll, he'll get some starts that will just shut down guys. And, but it just sucks. Cause you know, Devers always has his number. So it's going to be tough facing the Red Sox through the whole season, but other than that, the bullpen was just phenomenal. You know, Chad Green, Jonathan Luizaga, uh, Wandy Peralta, Rose Chapman, and then Michael King, they all put up zeros. And uh, Mike, Michael King pitched the last two innings and only allowed the ghost runner to score. Well, uh, so he didn't give up any, un- any earned run- runs since... You know, that doesn't count as an earned run. And he struck out three, got the win, and in relief. So, you know, the, one of the strengths of the Yankees team is going to be the bullpen. So it's going to be it's going to be key for the Yankees pitch, the starters to go key, uh, deep into the game and, kind of, and try to preserve these bullpen arms because as we get deep into the season. So, um, so that's that was the Yankees side of it. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously not what you want for for Garrett Cole, but you know he he should be okay because now he doesn't have to worry about any opening day celebrations going on too yeah. long or whatever he is he said, which don't even get me started on that. Give me a break, dude. Are you kidding me? But I'm not gonna go down that route because I could go off on Cole for for that one, but. It just seems like the dude's become a lot more unlikable as of late. But anyway, um, yes, the the former twin uh, walking it off, scoring the former twin of about 30 seconds, Isaiah uh, Kiner-Falefa. Thanks again, Alex, for uh, taking Josh's money so we could get Correa, by the way. Big, big shout out to you and the Yankees for that. Um, but yeah, overall... Uh, pretty, pretty solid, pretty okay debut for, for Donaldson. Like you said, two for six in his Yankee debut, obviously not the, you know, not necessarily maybe the average that you, you were thinking, but, um, you know, he'll, he'll still be a great power hitter. And I think another thing too, is he's going to be an improvement over the long term. I think, uh, defensively at third over Ursula. Um, that's one of the things I'm scared about with Ursula for the twins, but, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big time, big time hits from, from the Yankees and let's be honest if this might might have been the most Yankees Red Sox game you know pretty back and forth 
good run support from both teams, some solid pitching from both teams for the most part. Um, Clay Holmes obviously uh, did not have a good day, but um, but for for the most part, you know, pretty back and forth game, which is pretty much it seems like every Yankees Red Sox game. So, mm-hmm. God, I just love that this is the opening series. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, originally, if the season started on March 31st, this wouldn't have been the opening series. So it's kind of cool that this that, you know, even though we don't ever want to see a season get pushed back, it's just like for some reason, they never scheduled Yankees Red Sox to be the opening series. But I mean, it's kind of kind of cool. They they definitely should do it more often because it's just it's really the, the greatest rivalry of all in all of sports pretty much. So should be the opening day games. Yeah. The classic, like, this is the best rivalry in baseball, basically. Right. Like, I mean, I think I, I agree with you. It should be, it should always kick off like this. And, uh, definitely one of those back and forth, cool games to see. And, uh, it's good to see my boy Tony pop one out. Rizzo had himself a nice, a uh, nice game there with the home run. Didn't he get hit in the hand too? Yeah, he got hit in the hand. It was kind of scary because I thought he was gonna be taken out, but it, I guess he was all right. I mean, it was like the direct hit too. It was like in the worst spot to be hit. Yeah, I was like, I was scared because he looked like he was in a lot of pain when I saw that. Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, good things to see Aaron judge hit the ball hard. What? Like three times in this game. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, as he always does, like him and between him and Stanton, the most elite hard hit rates and barrel rates that you could find in the majors, I believe they're top two and like exit velocities and, you know, all that stuff last year. So just. Yeah, Stan's home run was like it was a rocket and it was literally like I think the the launch angle was like twelve. Wow. Twelve degrees. I can't so, remember what's I can't remember what the what it was what the hell fast it was, but I know it was like five it was like literally like not that far off the ground. Yeah, that's just an, that's just like I'm just murdering this ball over the fence. Like it doesn't have to be too high or anything. <laughs> like I'm just gonna laser one out that's gonna kill the first the person in the front row oh my god <laughs> i would not want to be the one catching that just insane uh yeah great start though for the yankees i know this is you know not the the greatest outing from cole like like you guys mentioned but uh you know game one we'll see uh how he bounces back after this you can't take really too much away from it being that it is the first game. And, uh, yeah, it's always great. Like, you'll take this game and this this first game of the season and know that you have 161 left, but at the same time, all these games count, and it's a division opponent. So it's, it's a huge one, nonetheless. Yeah. They also bounced back from last year. They lost the opening game last year to the Blue Jays, so. I think open, opening the opening the year with the win is always going to be better than a loss. 100%. I like the way that Carson you put that about uh 
uh, Isaiah kind of falafel. He's like, did his plane even land in Minnesota before he went to New York? Like, it's it's just wild. No, I just find it funny. There was there was a picture that the Twins Twitter account had posted like the day before of him shaking hands with Rocco. The memes that came out of that were phenomenal after that trade was announced. Everybody's like, what did Rocco say to him? <laughs> or what did he say to Rocco? Where Rocco's like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> he gave him the vid and he immediately shipped him out. Yep, got we gave, gave him the vid. He's like, all right, I get to play back at shortstop where I belong. Let's go, twins. Not even like a day later. You know, it's... <laughs> Excited to play in pinstripes. Looks like I got some shaving to do. Let's go Yankees. It's like, oh. <laughs> Very strange. That's funny, though. Mm. I want to see some of those memes. I didn't get a chance to really see those. Oh, they're great. Well, another AL East game that was on Friday uh, was the Orioles and Rays. Uh, Rays won 2-1. to one. It was... Uh, Another another pitcher's duel there. Um, John Means started, went four innings, uh, allowed one run, five strikeouts, six hits, one walk. Uh, and then for the the Rays, it was Shane McClanahan, uh, seven strikeouts and four and a third, no runs, two walks, four hits. Uh, let's see here. And then it was uh, Francisco Mejia who ended up getting the sack fly in the eighth inning to go put them ahead. And then they closed it out in the ninth. So. Good start for the Rays as well. I mean, that AL East is going to be crazy this year. Uh, I mean, any of the four team, any of the four teams besides the Orioles can win that division. Yeah, sorry, Baltimore. <laughs> but yeah, it should be should be fun. There's that's that's one division where I'm very interested to see what goes down because it's very much at this point. I think it's anybody's guess who's going to win that division. Each team is so strong and. Um, each team you can you can make a great case for any of those four teams to to be the ones to come away with the division and who who knows how many teams from that division could potentially make the playoffs especially with the the uh, added playoff team now coming in this year so uh, things things could get very crazy in the AL in general but also just in the AL East yeah well. But- the other ALEs team, the Blue Jays, they got off to a rough start in their game against the Rangers. Uh, Jose Jose Barrios, he ended up getting knocked down in the first inning after allowing four runs and, what was it, three walks or something? Yeah, something like that. Poor Jose. <laughs> yeah, oh, two walks, three hits. So, I mean... And somehow the Blue Jays might come back and win this game when they're down seven to three because their offense is that damn good. It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
not the start you want if you're Jose Barrios or Barrios. I always screw that up. I don't know which way to say it. I know um, people say it different ways. So I don't know. And uh, it's funny when you were talking about that that uh, Rays and Orioles game. You mentioned pitchers duel, two to one game. Isn't it crazy how if you have a pitcher's duel, especially at this point in the season, but like this isn't really uncommon the way that baseball is going, a pitcher's duel with where 13 pitchers are used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it, that's to me, you, would, you wouldn't even have heard of that. Two to one game, pitcher's duel type of game, 13 pitchers used. Like, I would think maybe five max. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's there's six like that's that's wild. Yeah. And it is early, so I I will point that out. pitchers counts, you know, et cetera. But sorry, I know we were talking about the Rangers and uh, that the the, the Barrios Barrios start. That's just, that's just where the game's going though too. Like even without being early, like it's there's gonna be a lot more of those bullpen games like as we move forward. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's cool that we do have the the luxury now, too, with the expanded rosters here early on, the 28-man rosters. Uh, That's definitely going to help some teams here with the shortened spring, though, because they're not going to care. to. They're going to feel more comfortable going to the bullpen real early and get filtering through these pitchers because right now, especially, too, what a lot of people aren't talking about as much in April that it's the unlimited option rule right now. Like pitchers, they don't have to, it doesn't count against their options as far as like the five. I, usually it's like a five max moves, I think, for a season. I, th- I believe that's what it is. Like five options per year. Uh, it doesn't count against them for this month of April. So I, the team, teams are really going to take advantage of that on top of the 28-man expanded rosters until May. So it's we are going to see a lot of pitchers here early on. And, I mean, like you said, you know, the game is moving that direction anyways. So it's, it's not uncommon to see a lot of pitchers in every game. And the Rays are one of the prime examples of that because, I mean, they've been doing this now for a while with these openers and – you know, really becoming like setting the tone really with these, the bullpen specialists and the different, the ways to use them. And they're kind of innovative that way. So definitely not uncommon to see at all, really from a raise game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees are carrying 16 pitchers right now. Just three, just three bench players. Wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Who are the three bench players that they're carrying? I I don't know this, but. Today it was Glaber Torres, Ben, what's his name? Ben Roadvert, backup catcher, and uh, Marvin Gonzalez. Uh, Wow. Two of those players are former twins. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You You guys really are building the New York twins over there, aren't you? 
Yeah. Well, they're building the Minnesota Yankees, so yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, but we've we've just got Sanchez and Urshela. They've got Gonzalez and uh, Donaldson. Darn right, I'm counting Kiner Falefa because he helps my argument. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also think uh, that does play that does help you guys having a guy like Marwin Gonzalez because he can literally play like what every freaking infield spot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and some outfield too, right? Yeah. That that helps. That's almost like having you that's, know a fourth bench. That's guy. literally. That's Tyler Wade, but better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Marwin will actually give you a, a little bit more on the, with the bat, I think. Yeah. And it's not like he doesn't have speed either. Like, he has some decent speed. Yeah, he's got a little bit of speed. <clears throat> well, um... The Phillies also beat the the A's nine to five on today Friday. Uh, let's see what happened. I don't know. Oh, Kyle Schwarber, that he had a home run. That would be his his in the first inning. So definitely, you know, getting it off to a good start and you know getting the Phillies faithful to you know jump on them early, start loving them. Uh, I'm telling you right now, after what we saw last year with the adjustments that he made, and he's always had this insane amount of power, but just hasn't been able to quite put it all together. And then, you know, the ACL tear, I think it was a there was a period where it took him some time to actually come back from that, even though we saw him not play the entire season and return in the World Series and have a great World Series in 2016. But it, it's like the next season I he had some struggles. I, I think this guy's putting up over 40 home runs this year. Yeah, it's Maybe possible. I'm crazy, but I think... I'd say that's a safe bet. I, I think if there's anybody that can do it, he's one of them. Well... Also, I hate to interrupt things. Um, Teoscar Hernandez just hit a three-run mm-hmm. bomb and tied the game at seven. I, I told you. I, I told just... you. This offense is too freaking good, man. It doesn't matter how much they're down or how much they give up. This team Unreal. Is... Yeah, Alex, I'm I'm sorry. This this Toronto's team's scary. That's scary, but if they can't figure out on pitching wise, I don't they're not gonna go far. Because you need pitching to win in the in the postseason, so you do, but we also I mean, I don't know. Like, if you got somebody who put – if he put together six runs on somebody consistently, even in the playoffs, I think they have – I don't know if they, like, have enough pitching quite. It'll be tough. It'll really be tough. You still have to have pitching. I agree with you. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. This It's going to be fun to watch. The, like, it's also- it's also Texas, so I'm not really concerned. Yeah, it's not. Te- I mean, yeah, it's Texas that they're playing, so it's like you can't really look at it as anything crazy. 
like uh, impressive. But I think uh, like the moves they made though for the pitching, I like what they did. I mean, I know Barrios had the tough outing today. You know, whatever game one of the season, whatever. Like we talked about with Cole, we talked about with some of these other guys. Can't really take too much out of that. But the Jays' rotation, and I know they don't have, like, like Johnny was talking about maybe on a previous show or something. You guys were having this conversation. Uh, they don't have, like, your typical ace, and Bar- Barrios wouldn't be that ace, I guess. Like, he, you don't look at him as, like, a top-of-the-line, like, number one starting pitcher. But then you look up and down in this rotation, you're like, well, Gossman had a hell of a year. If he could carry that back to the AL East where he didn't have that much success, but I feel like he kind of figured something out with the splitter. If if he could continue that, that should play, theoretically, it should play anywhere. Ryu, no idea what to expect, but like he's got potential, obviously. And Alec Manoa, of course, he's like one of the guys that's everyone's expecting him to take this next leap of like, I mean, we saw flashes last year where he was just downright nasty and he's looked good. Like if you look at uh, like his bullpen sessions and like what people are reporting about him. So I don't know, man, like that's the potential ace right there would be Alec Manoa. If Manoa is what everyone thinks he's capable of being, like prospect-wise, now you're talking about a different story. You're talking about a team that actually has pitching. But the bullpen, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the key, the bullpen, like – even if they can figure out their rotation and, you know, Manoa works out, like they're, they're going to have to be able to close games out too. So I'm not sure about their bullpen really. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Romano. Julian Merriweather's like, he seems solid. I've always been a big Yimi Garcia guy. Like, like I thought he should have taken that role in Miami sooner than he even did as like their closer but uh nothing really like he doesn't stand out as like a eyeball popper i guess like i i've just always like liked him and like some of the underlying stuff but like on the surface he doesn't stand out as like this incredible reliever but uh i i don't know like it's it's interesting i don't know how the rest of that bullpen's going to shake out i like those three but even then you know bullpens projecting bullpens year to year is such a yeah. it's it's too difficult like it's it's you'd never know you have no idea even with bullpen situations it's just it's there's more variance in that than almost any other part of baseball and baseball being one of the most variant sports <laughs> like <laughs> you know that says a lot you know but i forgot they got ross tripling too he's probably a gonna be a like a a good arm for their bullpen so oh yeah he could be he could be like one of those piggyback guys too give him some length 
But other than that, I don't know um, really what else to go over. But, uh, well, the Dodgers picked up their win over the Rockies in the first game. And then probably don't want to talk about it too much, but the the Twins dropped their first game against the Mariners. And those, uh, and then the other score was Giants taking down the Marlins in ten innings, six to five. Austin Slater with a walk-off double. I mean, I'm I'm fine talking about the Twins' loss. It was just a thing where the bats went dead, and I guess that's just what's going to happen when you're going against the defending AL Cy Young winner. Yeah. Is that the the bats are just kind of going to go dead? Um, one positive though from from the game, uh, Yoan Duran, uh, a pitcher that we got in the Nelson Cruz trade, he looked really good today. Came out and had four straight strikeouts coming out of the pen. He looked really good, and that's really exciting because he's. Yeah. I think he's probably he's been one of the pitchers. I think that the organization has been pretty high on. So for him to come out and be able to dominate like that right away, that is really that's a really nice sign to see, especially with him. And I mean, he was throwing a hundred, I think, at one point, like hundred oh. mile an hour fastballs. So that's that's a really great sign to see from him in his first uh, MLB action. He looks nasty, dude. He looks nasty. Is he getting in the rotation at some point this year? Honestly, I don't know. I would think so, but I mean, right now I know we're running a six-man rotation with um, Ryan, Ober, uh, Bundy, Archer, Paddock. Uh, I think I named everybody, but yeah, at least until Kenta comes back. That's a very interesting situation over there, because. You guys know, well, I think you know, I've mentioned it at least probably in messages. Uh, I, I'm i very high on Joe Ryan. Like, that's I, – I just really like his deceptiveness. And with the fastball, I know today probably not his greatest. Um, like, I'd expect him to even get better as the season goes, but – that's one guy that I, I was actually surprised to see that he got the opening day start, but mm-hmm. like, well, I guess looking at the rest of the rotation, it's not that surprising, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I think he can be that like your guys is number one nor no, number two for you guys this year. So it, it'd be cool. Like if a Duran sneaks his way in there and like, maybe you get something with, like Bundy, I think he could be maybe he bounces back. Like pitches like he did in twenty twenty. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. When is uh Gray is tomorrow? Huh? Sunny Gray? Oh yeah, yep. Sunny starts tomorrow. So he'd be – he's actually who I thought would get the opening day just off reputation, but – or, you know, veteranness. Yeah, so did I. Oh, that's who I forgot when I was listing pictures. I forgot to list Sonny. Sonny. It's always Sonny in Minnesota. 
No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. What are you talking about? Our game literally got postponed because we had a mix of rain and snow. <laughs> Disgusting. The Cubs no, game got postponed today too because uh, just terrible weather. They were talking about snow too. I'm not sure if it ended up snowing or not. I left Chicago at like 8 a.m. and I was just like, I'm getting out of here before it gets bad. <laughs> Apparently too, I just saw this uh, in the Mets and Nats game. Benches cleared. Lindor got hit in the head now. Oh shit! What? Wow. That's what the fuck happened there? I don't know. Wow, that was that was like, I guess that was close to an hour ago. How did that? He left the game too, huh? Showalter came out pissed. I don't blame him after Alonzo gets hit and now Lindor gets hit. No, I don't blame him either. You know, it was, it was crazy yesterday. Uh, Contreras has been hit by the Brewers. Like last year, he got hit by the Brewers like a million times. It wasn't just last year, though. It's been really the his the whole career almost he's been getting hit by the Brewers. He got hit yesterday. And he he showed some frustration, you know. He's like, yeah. But then Victor Caratini, former Cub, they've been teammates together. He was behind the plate, and I I don't know what he said to him, but he probably said something to him like, "Hey, dude, he's not, you know, he's not trying to hit you." And like, they're they're pretty cool with each other. So I think he's just like, yeah. And I I, I want to say after the game or something, he he talked about how you know he knew that he he wasn't trying to hit him but it's just sometimes i don't know some of these situations where they just reach their boiling point like you get hit enough or even in the same game or by the same opponent like over a stretch of time starts to rub you the wrong way like what what is what's this team trying to do to me like why why is it happening with you guys only or you know and i don't know if that's quite history here with the Mets and Nats. Cause I'm not like my memory is not going back that far to remember that, but uh, that could be something there too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it just seems weird. Like first Alonzo gets hit in the head and then the next game Lindor gets hit in the head. Just something, something doesn't, I mean, it could be completely possible that both of them were just total accidents, but something just doesn't add up there. For the righty reliever, we've been told this is a fluid bullpen. Oh, Ooh, that was rough. Buck Showalter's immediately out. We talked about how this was a really tense game yesterday. And both, both dugouts are out there on the field. Dugouts have cleared. Bullpens are coming out now. Three Mets hit by a pitch yesterday against the Nationals. It sounded there were like three hit yesterday? They know that they're trying to find a grip on these new baseballs, and it's just really tough. 
But you've got a star like Lindor. You're trying to see him have a turnaround year with this club that he has signed such a big contract with. Important to note, though, that was scary to see Lindor go. Yeah, that was a scary hit by a pitch. Like, holy shit. Like, going to bunt and then. I didn't realize that there were three Mets hit yesterday. I didn't know that. I didn't realize either. That that makes it even more. The that's. Oh yeah. By the way, that's on Apple TV Plus. That's why we don't recognize the announcers. Who who are the announcers there? Or you don't know? I have no idea. I've never I, heard. Before. I don't know either. Somebody with Apple Apple TV. Hmm. That's. That's an interesting situation. I don't know. It's yeah. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder. Like the the Nationals are gonna suck this year. So what? They're just trying to take out their yeah. their <laughs> in division like best players. Like get you know you need to suck too so that we have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, wow. we're gonna be bad. So here's what we're gonna do. All the other stars in the division out. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, what the Saints used to do. You just gotta injure these guys, take them out, and then. Oh, don't get me oh, started shit. on Bounty Gate. <laughs> mm, that 2009 Vikings team would have won that Super Bowl. I don't care. I will take that, and I will say that until I die. That team would have won that Super Bowl if Jonathan Vilma wasn't the absolute. You know what he is. I'm trying not to swear because my parents are downstairs but um I'm, I'm back at home currently so i'm trying not to swear but if he wasn't the kind of guy he was and stupid williams whatever the defensive coordinator's name was oh my no nope nope i'm not gonna do it nope it's funny you and uh johnny are both twins fans but he's a saints fan so if he'd be on here right now <laughs> I would be interested to hear his thoughts on this. If he even tried to defend it for a second, I might have left. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not even kidding. I might have left. Oh my god. Well, as soon as it, especially that it came out that it was 100% intentional, it's like, you know, or whatever. I I forget which actual play you're talking about, but I know the whole bounty gate situation and. Not good. No. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily one play. It was just like they were going after they were basically hit, hitting Favre in his upper body, going after his head. Yeah. Just making yeah. unnecessary hits. Yep. No, I know. Yeah. Not good. I hope that's not really the situation here, though. So bring it back to baseball. I hope it's not really what the Nats are trying to do. I'm I'm trying to make. A joke about it, but it's not funny when people are getting hit in the head. Like right. you never want to see that, and it, it's a scary, scary situation when guys are throwing 95 to 100, and that thing's coming in the direction of your face. And now you're talking about all these different brain injuries that we're seeing from people. Like you know, you talk. We were talking about football for a second. The CTE stuff, it, it's just mm-hmm. all it takes is one bad hit to the head to really ruin somebody's not only career, but just their life. And uh, it's, it's not it's not something you want. 
it's not a part it's not a part of the game that makes you want to watch the game oh. mm-hmm. well now toronto took the lead unreal <laughs> yeah that's just uh there there i'll just tell you right now they're my world series pick i i did that before the season i tweeted out my uh predictions I have the Yankees making the playoffs, Alex. I do have them making the playoffs. As do I. So do I. But I have Toronto winning it all. Even as a Yankees fan, I have them losing to the White Sox in the ALDS, though. I mean, I hope it's not true, but I mean. Yeah, I could, I mean, I could see it. I had, uh, Yankees. I, I didn't actually do like division by division, and I didn't even put like the ALCS matchup to be honest. I just I could see it being. Well, I had to. I did tell somebody that I have the White Sox going to the ALCS. So I have I have the White Sox winning it all. Hmm. I could I could see that, but I'm a little now I'm concerned because uh, Giolito I think got hurt today, and then Lance Lynn's already hurt. Yeah, they have their rotation is in shambles right now. Yeah, I don't know that that the offense could. They're gonna need to do like what Toronto. Their bullpen's good though. I think today is a, a weird day, but uh, I think their bullpen will be solid. Like all the names they have in there are pretty good. Yeah, Hendricks. Hendricks is gonna bounce back. Yeah, then they got Bomber. They got when Joe Kelly comes in there. They've got they got some arms in the bullpen. Right. Uh, just you know, I don't know that rotation. They're gonna need to add another arm. They did add Johnny Cueto, mm-hmm. but he's, I, I mean, mean he's, he's nothing special either. Yeah, yeah, like what is he now in his career? I don't know. But he'll probably. But, He'll if if Giolito goes on the IL, he'll probably be the one that they call up. Yeah, probably. I'm assuming. I, I don't know like how they have Velasquez and they have uh, Ronaldo Lopez, so yeah. I'm assuming it'll probably be like a mix of those three. How they fill the spots, like even with like if Giolito's out, and uh, you still have to fill the Lance Lynn spot for now. Yeah. Vince Velasquez can he can be good. He just he's like good for a game and then he's horrible the next game. Like that's just how his careers went. Yeah. So I don't know about him, but I who is your guys' NL team to make it? I had the Brewers in the World Series. Nice. So did I. Uh, you guys are going to hate me. I have the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, that's not terrible. I mean. I don't hate I mean, it. I, just, I think it's realistic. I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I just, I can't overlook that lineup. That lineup is just stacked. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's a realistic prediction. Like the Dodgers, I would not be shocked at all if the Dodgers won it all. 
Is that your team to win it all or just make it? Win it all. I have uh, I have the Dodgers and the Blue Jays in the World Series. Okay. I feel like a lot of people have this same. It's like Dodgers versus Toronto or Milwaukee versus Toronto or the White Sox in there. Like that. Yeah. It kind of feels like those are the popular. Yeah. Picks. Yeah. Johnny had Milwaukee and Toronto. Oh, did he? Yeah. And I think nice. he had Milwaukee. Milwaukee won in their first World Series. Wow. That pitching staff, I could see. I could see it. Yeah. The the question is their their uh, lineup though. Especially, I mean, especially Yelich because he can't figure mm-hmm. it out. They're not going to do much. Yelich is a concern. The only thing that I'll, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's as big of a concern as everybody makes it out to be, though, because he's such a, even with his struggles, he still was a really good on-base guy last year. So, like, if the power doesn't really return, so the way that we want it to be or like the way that you know you'd expect it to be from him like that lineup around him if you get Louis Sirius back who you're right it's like if he comes back he was good like his power kind of took the next step last year then you got McCutcheon who had a nice debut uh, against the Cubs but she always, always, always kills the Cubs. Uh, doesn't matter what the uniform is, he'll just kill the Cubs. Um, Willie Adamas outside of Tampa Bay, he's been excellent. Like his home road splits when he was with Tampa Bay, he just the, the the batter's eye or whatever, he had trouble seeing the ball in Tampa Bay. You get get him out of there. He went two for five in the opener. Like they got and they got the power guys now. To kind of back up the the if Yelich's power doesn't return, like Rowdy Telez, Hunter Renfro, like they've got some some pop in that lineup as well to kind of counter. So even if Yelich is just like an on base guy and he only hits like 15 home runs, 20 home runs, like I know that it's not what you want from Christian Yelich, but that's still a da- you'll take that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I'm under underselling Christian Yelich because I think he can. Like I, I think he will bounce back to like more of a. I think the back was a big issue, but a 362 on base in in 2021 is still pretty damn solid. Mhm. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I think we're almost uh, out of gas here. I need to get something to drink and getting tired. So that'll do. I guess that'll do it here for us. Uh, you guys have anything else to add to the end of this? Yeah, even though I just said all those positive things about Christian Yelich, the day that he was born still sucks. 
and uh, <laughs> he still sucks. And the Cubs got an opening day win, and therefore these first two days of baseball have been amazing. So that's all I got to say. Thanks for having me again, Alex. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, there you go. go ahead. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, my team did not come out with a, with a W today, but you know what? That's okay. Cause I'm just happy that baseball is back and that, uh, and that we don't have to spend these pods talking about uh, Tommy Hunter for 25 minutes. <laughs> Tommy Hunter. <laughs> oh That's man. Thing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it wasn't for baseball being back, we would be probably talking about some baseball history stuff or whatever, prospects, college baseball, whatever. But we can talk about real games going on, so that's good. But uh, we'll be back again next week uh, after the second week of baseball. Um, I'm hoping to do this, I guess, every Friday, so... Uh, to kind of go over the week and what happened. And we can also go into some fantasy baseball stuff as well. Some of the, you know, lineup decisions, DFS stuff too. If we ever want to do that, like one, maybe I might even try doing that. Some, some mornings just post a little quick 10 minute thing about what my, what I like for my lineup for DFS. So we'll see what happens, but thank you. Thank you all as always for uh, listening, everybody. And stay tuned for out throughout the season for everything we got going on at the site. As far as articles go, DFS every day. We'll, that'll be starting up. Uh, it'll be out Saturday. My, my first one will be out, out on Saturday morning. So um, probably after, I mean, probably before this is actually out even. So just ignore that whole thing because we already started DFS by the time this pod's out. So, um, but yeah, follow us at Primetime Sports Talk and all of our articles, not just baseball, but every every sport. You know, Carson's got the rock, the hockey department rolling here, and we're going to be getting close to the hockey playoffs, so that'll be exciting as well. And and NFL draft we got going, so that will be a couple weeks from both of those things going on. So we got everything going on for us right now: baseball, football with the NFL draft, and. Hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs starting up soon. We got it all. So, as always, you can never have too much pod tar. Stay tuned for more from yours truly. <laughs>